0: Hello guys and welcome Welcome to to Happy Happy Single Mums. Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying?
1: Yes! (laughs) Hello guys
0: and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life, talking about subjects from self-doubt to business to baby father drama, sex and loneliness. I want to ask real questions to my guests about real single mummy life can you really be happy and can you be happy as a mum in general every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life and the innate goal to try and find real happiness so here's your host me Khalifa
1: hey guys so trigger warning today's subject is going to be about protecting your child from sexual grooming now the reason why i wanted to flag this up because i know that a lot of people are at home due to the global pandemic and a lot of children are surfing the web so if any parent is out there i would suggest you take some courses on how to protect your child online as well however today's guest actually does talk about how to protect your child and how to identify some of the stages that grooming actually takes place. I set the net and I did see that there are six stages of sexual grooming. So stage one is they target a victim. Stage two is that they gain trust. Stage three is that they fill in the need. Stage four is that they isolate their victim. Stage five is that Sexual contact does happen or sexual intercourse, and stage six is that they maintain control. One thing I would say is that it's always good to safeguard your child, it's always good to speak to your child in regards to anything that they may bring up. I strongly believe that as a parent, you should believe first and ask questions later. And also, if anything does ever occur, make sure you contact social services and the police. Carl, thank you so much for coming on.
2: Hello Khalifa. thank you for having me.
1: Tell me about your experience
2: uh, Just a little just before I mentioned experience I just want to give a little bit of background. I'm a, I used to be a charter quantum surveyor until just before lockdown in the UK so in the building industry for 30 years um, I have now written three books um, called the Universe Code on World Peace uh, the Health Spring Code on Health, and the Dyslexia Code on Dyslexia, The Gift of Dyslexia. I see these the three books as the, as the biggest three whistleblowing books within those three areas. Um, and uh, yeah, as you say, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad, uh, now divorced, three kids are now out of, uh, out of school. Um, before we also start, uh, Kabbalah.com says that if your intention is pure, Everything is okay. So my intention in this discussion is is, is pure, is good. It's it's uh, it's to help protect uh, kids. Um, and in advance, uh, if my family heard this podcast, I just want to apologize. Um, coming out with this information, it's all great issues, so it's okay legally. But, um, you know, when you do a sort of, When you discuss them like this, you're expressing your views. I I don't discuss very detailed things in any case, but I just want to apologize. So when we're now going into a time where more people are going to work from home and uh, more husbands and boyfriends and so on, the chance, the risk for grooming of kids increase quite heavily. So I think it's quite an opportune thing. And today I just want to discuss my journey from up to about 2003, 2004. So that's what, 17, 18 years ago. And um, I'm, I'm for the first time now discussing it because my kids are at school and time has passed and stuff like that. And I'm going to discuss one scenario what happened to us in the UK within a friends of my uh, daughter's situation. So that discussion is also same with family. So it's, a, it's quite a good discussion. And then another discussion with uh, one of my with my son in the Scouts. Um, so it discusses when your child is in a sort of organised group kind of setting. Um, so starting with the family situation. So uh, when my daughter was, uh, I think about seven, I was playing with her home with my other kids as well, other daughter as well. And um, she suddenly said to me, uh, Dad, is it true that I've got two daddies? So um, I said to her, what do you mean by that? She, she said, well, so-and-so, she gave me the, uh, another gentleman's uh, name, says that I've got two daddies. So that obviously rang uh, a big alarm bell. So I'm just going to mention, uh, th- I think it's three things. But over the next, it took about a year, 10 things happened, very similar. The other seven things I don't want to mention because it gets quite private and stuff like that. So um, the first one is that I, at at that stage, I was working as a quantum surveyor. I was a partner in the the firm. And within two weeks, I left the partnership and I started working from home. I was already investing in property in any case. So, um, and because at this stage, my two daughters were very friendly with uh this gentleman and his wife's two kids and i made very sure that i got to go and see their house because up to then i i, I never spent time i was very busy running around in and um, there i saw that they've the house layered and they've got a little basement so in further chatting to my kids she said to me this gentleman and his daughter and my daughter we're playing with dolls in the basement. So, you know, what do you think of this? So this is sort of early on, what do you think of this? Then um, at school, this small little primary school, all the parents and so on and all the kids are getting to school in the morning. They're all in this little yard. And the child of the other parent, so so my daughter is standing next to me. As I say, parents and kids very close to each other all over. My, my daughter is standing next to me and his daughter runs around him and every time she gets to the front of him, taps him on his, uh, on his private parts. So I've since learned that that is, they, they call it playground talk and, and that's a, grooving, a grooming kind of uh, scenario. Um, then now when the thing like that happens, you sort of feel you're in the wrong, lady, because you sort of—it's in front of everyone. It's done very cleverly. It's, it's amazing. And the final straw was—we, I think, it was on a Friday. And so after this stage, that they always this couple always very sexual, but from an adult point of view. And so you sort of say, ah, this is this is this kind of their kind of way, you know. But they're in our house, and they get a. This is what I want to say to parents. If someone becomes a bit like a parasite, a bit like a leech, and you feel they're in your space a lot of the time, that's, I think, a warning bell. So we, in the house, there's about th- two or three other adults as well. This gentleman, his wife, and all the kids. So it must be about seven or eight kids around in our living room. And the next thing is, this gentleman's daughter comes behind me. I'm sitting on a sofa. And she starts massaging my back. This, this guy's daughter. I just got up. I went upstairs. I knew that the guy that I bought the house from—he uh, was a probation officer—and he had um, uh, he had uh, he had left that, and he had two houses for uh, for paedophiles where people came out of prisons. Uh, it, it was like a Christian thing to help them before they go out into society again. And uh, spoke to him, and he said, "Come and see me straight away." So we didn't see him. The what would I say on this? Oh yeah, I then went for uh, legal advice. I went to a top three legal practice, so I can give you people free advice. Uh, you you can only say you can only discuss this with three other couples. So we discussed it with three couples in the school family environment, and they cannot speak to anyone. So that's your legal requirement. And that was quite difficult because we couldn't talk to anyone anymore. So the other couple could say what they what they wanted. Um, this, if I say that what I discuss now, and I only discuss three tenths of it, causes a tenth of the issue in a marriage. The other ninth is the issues in the marriage, the discussions about it. And, and my ex was such a fantastic lady she cannot see any harm in people and um the issues that caused the marriage was unbelievable um but at this stage she's still uh, back me so the way forward the only way forward i see is that if you're a single mom or any parents especially now with the home or is that you have one room which is your playroom or your living room and you have a camera and you say to the parents, this is the only way that I can think of a kid coming to visit, yeah, is the Wi-Fi code of this camera and you can look in because nurseries do this. All, a lot of nurseries now in the UK are, are videos so parents can look in because what you then do is you send a signal to the other side as well that you're very careful with and, and perhaps you're giving them a hint, perhaps they will install a camera as well. But the main thing I would say is trust your instinct. That's the uh, in the Universe Code, our book, uh, there's information on that. Your instinct is more important than your mind. You'll trust your instinct. So don't be scared. Like we had other couple and friends where our children played. And okay, none of the at that stage husbands worked uh, from home, but you know, you just know if there's an issue. And if you feel, one percent uncomfortable even if it can b- break up your marriage in my view child protection is more important than marriage that's me personally so that's the uh, the uk situation um before we get to the then we move then we were forced out of uh, the school in effect and we decided to move
0: to ireland so you felt with a friend that they were planting certain seeds and then you can see with the disposition of the friend's daughter how she was acting, that you felt like, do you know what, this wasn't right. Then you started, it was like red flags and you started raising the alarm and then you basically felt like you were being attacked. Is that, is that correct?
2: Well, I've mentioned to you three things that happened. Yeah. Like, you know, if your daughter say to you, "Is someone else's dad, that the other person says he's also your dad, and then you go to a basement and the same doll and things. So seven other things also happened. Okay, uh, which was of similar grayness. So those they gray issues. Um, uh, okay, I will say one thing: we we went to see <clears throat> a top psychologist, so that was more money, and they can play with kids with drawings and all kind of things like that, um, and. We were told by the psychologist, my own gut feeling, and also the other person that that we bought the house from <clears throat> that was an expert <clears throat> that nothing happened at that stage so we we i believe quite strongly that we caught things uh, in time. You're never hundred percent sure but i i i i my gut tells me we caught it early enough in time because it fortunately it was For pedophilia they need to have sufficient time for for grooming uh so to to take place so i never felt that um there was a there was an issue Um, Okay.
0: okay so the island situation what happened
2: there okay so then we moved to ireland and now at this stage um, I'm obviously very uncomfortable, in a sense, from a relationship point of view with my uh, then wife. Very uncomfortable with these issues, um, because in a sense, it was seen what what I did is if you disagree, sort of, on things. Although my ex went with me, so I try to stay out of kids' things as far as possible. But I did keep an eye. Now I work. I worked from home, so because I was a property investor. Um, and, but there was two small things, but it was really nothing. The main issue was my son had scouts. So my son went to scouts and I um, didn't even drop him off at the scouts. So you went to scouts, there was a, a church hall and be- a church and behind the church, a separate like, church hall. And he must have been at the scouts for like a year or something like that. And uh, as I say, I didn't even drop him off. Uh, I try and stayed away from him. Came back home and I was on my own. Uh, one day when he came back, uh, I think I might just drop him off and went somewhere. And uh, I was just sort of saying to him, How's this scout? What do you do? You know, sort of just a sort of a question. So I, You learn from this sort of. And he said, No, uh, we played, um, we, we uh, sang this song, This Little Light of Mine. I said, Oh, that's interesting. So I said, Sing it. Do you want to sing it for me? So he started singing the song for me. And when he gets to the certain point, then he bends. Oh, he bends over, and wiggles his bum. And I think, "Oh, that's interesting." Sing it again. And when he gets to a certain point again, then he bends over and he wiggles his bum. So it's as if it's, you know, they were taught at that point you bend over and wiggle your arm. So, again, this this means nothing. So he says, "Oh, I, I can." Uh, my son says to me, "I can. I can show you the light." So "What were you talking about?" So I've emailed you. I don't know if you saw it, yes, a little stick that looks like a candle with the top uh, painted in red. So he came with that little stick. So that stick is a candle, but it can also be a penis. So I sent it off to this guy I knew in the UK, and he said to me, like before, it could be, a, I think he said it's a phallic symbol or something, words like that. So there I'm sitting now on minute amount of information. And what I did is, so just to say, in the UK, we went to social services. We went, first went to uh, um, Scotland Yard, pedophile. So pedophile. Um, we just left a sort of message. Then the next week we heard social services from us. And then we can see social services. We said to them, don't speak to the family. This is all in the UK. And what do they do? They uh, sent a letter to the family. And then, so when I was in Ireland, the last thing I did was go to social services. So social services, you know, at that stage was just before subprime. And then afterwards, it would have got worse. Before COVID, things got a little bit better financially. But I think that people are so underpaid and undersourced. It's not funny. So when I was in Ireland, I didn't think of going to social services. So I went to the. So what I did is I already knew what I needed to do. So now I've already learned. So I went to the police. I just said to him, that "This happened." Um, I found out who was the scout's master. I didn't know, but he was a guy that played golf with me. We we had a, like a social group. We played six times a year. So I went to go and see him. To, uh, talk, uh, talk to them. Uh, I went to go and see two of the scouts' people. And with my ex, now my ex at this stage was saying everything opposite to what I'm saying, uh, because other things were also happening in our relationship. And, and I put the, the tape, I was taping the conversation. I said to him, taping it, I put it from, on top of the uh, table. And they were okay with it. So we taped our conversation. And then I took that tape and I sent it to the Sc- Scouts headquarters in, in Ireland. In, uh, outside Dublin and then I get a phone call from this scout headquarter the gentleman saying to me did you tell those scouts people, the scouts, uh, people that you taped the conversation? I said yes and he says something words to the effect that you're lucky that your son is in the scouts not one of the people I spoke to sort of apologised, not one ca- or, or, or because all of this is great. It could be completely innocent. fully agree with that. Or it could be quite serious, especially in Ireland, like a country with all the polyphilia that come out there. Not one said to me, because uh, I was saying put a camera in, said, yes, we perhaps put a camera in or perhaps we should do this. Not None of that. Nothing. It is. But what I made sure of is I did everything I could do but, I, uh, you know, um, to make even from aware and 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 I said to this you know we speak to our kids about this so I knew that if if there was for the one percent chance that um, there won't be an issue but I said early on trust your guts your gut and my gut and I'm just saying what my gut tells me that something was wrong there um, so again I would say Trust your instinct when it comes to it. Um, and Unfortunately, at that stage, is was final straw of my marriage, and this was a big contributing factor towards it. Again, I'll be open. My kids are more important than, than a marriage for me. Um, what I would suggest is in the UK, because I'm a UK citizen now, I'm back in the UK, that um, all... Halls, all social gathering situations should be vi- videotaped, and that parents can have access at any point in time. That should be a standard requirement. Last night I saw um, people going into Hong Kong with the COVID, and they've got to isolate in a hotel, and they were given a, 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 like a wristwatch. It looks like a wristwatch that they can't take off. It's like a plastic one. It looks fine. Smart actually, and then this watch kind of thing with Bluetooth, I assume, speaks to their mobile phone, and that's all they need to do. When kids go out on uh, outings, on on organisations, parents just need to have a wristwatch that links speak to their kids. There must be a little app kind of thing so that they can they can dial in any time to year, and just the very fact that you know, because at the end of the day, it's only three percent of people that messed us up. 97% of people in scouts and all these organizations are fantastic. It's just the three percent. It's just like the police force as well. In the UK it must probably more than three percent in Stephen Lawrence days, but most probably now it's down to three percent in the UK, in, in the US, this must probably more like 10% still. But it's it's it, particularly from what I researched at that point in time. It's only like three percent that messes it up for everyone else. Um, so I'm calling on the the UK government now that I, I was a there, but now that we're out, we nimble. Let's lead the world, and um, the final thing might seem very over the top, but it's like a car mechanic. If you If a car mechanic wasn't taught how to fix a car or build a car engine, you won't be able to do so. My view is you go straight to the source. You teach kids from an early age at school, how grooming works, because if you cut out the grooming and you cut it straight to the kids, the kids, then the parents will also learn from it because they'll see the homework coming in or they could be given pamphlets. And if we really want to stop grooming, that's going to increase now with after COVID and with more working taking place, that's how we should do it. So, two things for the UK government. One, all public places need to have a camera, webcam, and we need to start teaching kids. Give kids the tools that they can see it because you stop grooming, you stop uh, uh, the pedophilia. But, um, and we can make it very safe. After the, the UK incident, I felt actually very safe on what I had to do. I knew exactly what to do. So once you taught what to do, you know, and at that stage, I don't know if it's changed since 2003, 2004, there was no book on how to groom, because I can understand that you don't want to publish that. That's actually the worst thing. It, people need knowledge. It's like the karma. You, you actually need to tell people, this is how pedophiles groom. Then once you know, okay, they might th- try a few other tricks, but there's not so many other tricks. The other seven things that I didn't mention is tricks that I've now learned through a hard way, through having, you know. So, yeah, that's my little spiel. And I'm just hoping that if one parent can help one child not being groomed that from this discussion, um, that it's, you know, it's worthwhile.
0: Yeah thank you so much for sharing your extraordinary story and I think that when it comes to children you can never ever be too careful at all. I remember when my son was um, a baby and I was I I used to go I used to go to church with him and there was a particular man that every time he saw my son he wanted to carry him And, and my son was he was just he's just a friendly baby but whenever this man wanted to carry my son my son would scream you know and be literally crawling by my back for some reason i'm like come on he wants to carry you you know but my son would just continue to scream and he didn't want to want the man to touch him and um for some reason, my mum was like, do you know what, just don't let him carry him. And this was in church. You think that it's such like a safe space. But every time I used to attend, this particular person wanted to carry my child. No other person, but he just wanted to carry my child. Um, so I didn't let him carry him. But obviously he was still young. It's not as if he, he was trying to do anything there and then. But I think that sometimes children kind of instinctively know when someone might not necessarily be... You know, good. Also, in regards to what you said about parties and and um, events, because my son used to box. Um, and whenever they wanted to take them away I used to actually attend I didn't want him to go inside the, the van with them I used to actually go myself And I used to be the only woman that was there Whilst he was boxing Everyone else was just men Because obviously I'm a single mom. Um And you can never be too careful Even parties I, re- I remember I read an article one time About a guy that was um, He was 14 years old His friend was having a party He attended the party And when he went... Um, um, his mom dropped him off, and when he went to the party, his friend was the one that said, "Oh, go upstairs." You know, as he went upstairs, the father of the boy and his friends were there in the room, and they all raped him. You know, so um, when I when I saw that, I do not let my son out of my sight whenever I go. To, whenever we go to parties, obviously we're in a global pandemic now, but you just never know, and you can never be too careful when it comes to the precious gifts that god has given us you know because you don't know that most rapes and most molestations happen with people that you know it's never really the boogeyman you know it's always the trusted friend or the trusted scout leader or the trusted politician you know so um anyone that's listening to this now um follow your instincts because your instincts don't lie and you can never be too careful to be quite honest. Carl, I want to thank you so much for sharing your, your story, you know, and thank you for being resilient, not only for um, yourself, but for your children because it might not look like it now, but they will thank you one day for protecting them, you know, because, um, yeah, that's what, that's what parents are meant to do and that's what you have done, you know, and even if it might seem like It's just an inkling. But some I know that thousands of women have said to me, do you know what? I had a feeling that my husband was being unfaithful and they were right. So if you can have that instinctively instinctive feeling that someone's being unfaithful and you have a particular friend that keeps on wanting to have your child around without you there, why not follow your instincts? in that respect as well but yeah carl thank you so much for being on the happy single moms and i hope that anyone that's listening to this is really blessed with this information do you have anything else to say
2: no um i just thank you for your time and um god bless
0: god bless thank you carl thank you so much